get it. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and them. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Only three weeks more of that? That's a shame. Live from Studio C. See ya. Senor. Yeah, it's a dimly lit room. Where? Deep within the bowels. The bowels, I tell you, of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound of the day. Hey, now. We're on to the tutelage of our general manager. Let me check the paperwork here. Is this correct? Yes, sir. It's correct. Uh, our general manager this morning is reasonableness, huh? perspective, common sense. Why there are a number of stories that developed yesterday and or conversations slash arguments had in the major media that were uncharacteristically smart and reasonable. Well, fantastic. I, I don't want to get my hopes up because hope is the mother of disappointment. But there seems to be some reasonableness taking hold. Wolf Blitzer, Andrew Cuomo, for the love of all that's good and decent. We'll bring that to you. Uh, you'll have to. I stand um, uh, very skeptical. So you're going to have to prove it to me. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, my horse is the long shot. Definitely. <laughs> I get that. So we mentioned yesterday the first. <clears throat> person in the United States, it's, they've got the documentation that they got COVID twice. They got it, tested positive multiple times, got over it, tested negative multiple times, then got it again. So first time in the United States that's happened. Now we now, we now have the first documented case in the world of someone dying the second time they get it. This that's is not good. First time that's happened. I also remember way back in February, though. When we were talking about the first person in the United States to die from COVID, or to get it even, to even have it. And I thought, okay, one person in the country's got it. Big deal. Mm -hmm. Didn't know it was going to change my life and my kids' lives. Um, So you got somebody out there who got it, got over it, got it again, and died that second time around. I hope that's an outlier and doesn't become a trend. Uh, There's still a chance... There's a problem with the the conclusion and the evidence, because that's happened a couple of times. Sure. I'm not saying there is. There's a chance there is. There's also a chance the guy's a one-in-a-million genetic something or other. Sure. He just lacks the capacity to do something everybody else's immune system can do. Uh, I don't know. If it's common, then uh, all life has changed for a very long time. If If you can just keep getting it, if it just keeps attacking you until it finally kills you, yeah, that would be a... Uh... That'd be a big deal. Or if it is mutated and it's now more deadly. Right. Um, right. Well, that is uh, the conclusion some scientists have drawn. He got a different strain, and it's different enough. It's, his body didn't recognize it. I know I've said this five times, but the great flu of 1918 that killed so many millions of people around the world, that's what happened there. It wasn't that big a deal in the spring. Came back in October. We're in October. Came back, back in October, a slightly different thing, and really wiped people out. Learned a new pitch. Yeah, as it were. Yeah, I'm not trying to do doom scrolling or sell doom or whatever, but uh, those are those are 
It's pretty, pretty dooming. Well, we were getting into uh, where we were going into last night. Someplace. Sam said, oh, yeah, I got to put on my mask. Oh, we were stopping to get a Slurpee on the way home from school. Oh, a uh, delightful treat on a warm day. Well, we were supposed to go one the day before, but his, uh, his brother threw a giant fit and flipped out, so we didn't get to go, and I said, I'll get you one tomorrow. So um, we had to put on our mask. He said, I'll be glad when this is over. I said, I think we're going to be wearing masks going into the store for several years, no matter what. And I, that does seem to be the case. Public places, we're going to be wearing masks for a very long time. I got my, oh, yeah, right, moment yesterday when uh, I was watching. It was probably a special report with Brett Bear, And they said that a lot of optimism now uh, around the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera, and a good chance that this uh, pandemic will be over uh, far before expected as early perhaps as next summer. And I thought, whoa, we hell, wow. Next summer. That's the great, super optimistic news next summer? Durr. On the other hand. I would encourage y'alls, and I know some people who've gone into full, like, uh, a turtle mode. They're in their shell. They don't come out. It's bomb shelter mode. Uh, one person in particular has a compromised immune system, which is, which is sad. But you should know that it's not, the world is not in hiding. Live your life. Take sensible precautions. But don't kill yourself to save yourself. I've been judging one particular curve for the past eight uh, months. Is it's it on, the gentle curve of my buttocks? It's on the few. What? what? Yeah, now where'd that come from? It's the first segment. Wow. <laughs> my God. I, I, had, I felt I was too doomy. It's like you walk into a place and the receptionist just sucker punches you. <laughs> it's like, where did that's, that come that's from? That's not very receptive. That's weird. I haven't even right. signed in yet. I don't think you understand your job. <laughs> I got this uh, this curve on the freeway that, like, if we have to go to In-N-Out Burger or something like that, past a certain time, you don't go that direction because you're stuck in traffic. Mm, yeah, sure. Um, hasn't been that way for eight months. And, and and the other day, I took that route, and I got stuck in traffic for the first time in eight months. It's back to I can't go that direction after a certain time of day anymore. So I thought that's some sign that things have picked up enough, crossed some sort of line there. Um. Uh- I've heard it said, and and I believe this to my core, that traffic is the uh, uh, non-scientist's best indicator of the economy. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be. That true. Doesn't, I, I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. I took that as good news, even though I was stuck in traffic. Yeah. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. Our board operator, Michelangelo, got married on Sunday, a fabulous wedding. He's still on his honeymoon. And uh, filling in for him is senior executive producer Mike Hansen. How are you? I like you added the senior. You've been promoted. That's actually appropriate because I, I hit middle age, and it kind of seems trite in, in regards to COVID talk, but it, it really blows. I got bad back, bad hip, bad knee, bad foot, and then to add insult to injury, I have to wear these readers that I had to bring to work today. Uh, not just readers, but readers held together by a piece of tape. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not making me happy. I don't like this trend at all. <laughs> Well, you were also telling us the other day you were, you were uh, pitching the football around a little bit and, and uh, had some lingering effects oh from it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tell me about it. A couple days yeah. worth. It happens. Happens earlier than you think yeah. if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you're in your 20s. You think you're a long way away from that ever happening? You're not. Oh, and it comes out of bushes <laughs> like a pit bull, too. You're feeling great one day. The next day, why's my elbow hurt? That's weird. I'm sure it'll be fine soon. <laughs> <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was uh, this day in the year 1947 that the sound barrier was first broken, 
Air Force test pilot Charles Yeager uh, flew the experimental Bell X-1 rocket plane over uh, Edwards Air Force Base in California. Here is a uh, random historian talking about that day. The first sonic boom heard anywhere. When Yeager went through the sound barrier and made the world's first sonic boom, uh, half of the people there that were watching thought he'd blown up. They had had no experience with this phenomenon. Yeah, I don't know if you've actually seen videos or seen the sonic boom, but it's a, a lot of times there's this weird kind of mist cloud or something that forms on the back end of the plane, and it's it sounds like an explosion. And if you hadn't, if this was the first time this had ever happened, I can totally understand. Did they know? Saying, did they know that was going to happen? Nobody had ever broken the sound barrier before. I'm, I'm so trying to remember. They, that. Surely they didn't know that would happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Of course, every kid of our generation, uh, Chuck Yeager, was a great hero. Eleven hundred feet per second is the speed of sound there, Sean. Thank so you, if you Jack. go faster than you get that boom sound, it's very very loud. That's weird. Uh, That's Street Fighter sonic boom, a very <laughs> effective projectile maneuver. Wow, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> it's weird that if you reach or, or surpass the speed of sound, the universe reacts as yeah. if it's annoyed with uh, you. I feel like it's God saying you're not supposed to go this fast. I told hey, you. Hey. I told Slow down. You. Yeah, w- watch what happens when we hit the speed of light. It's interesting that we went from man had never been off the ground in powered flight in, until 1903, and then in 1947, we're breaking the uh, speed barrier, the yeah. sound barrier. Yeah. It's incredible. 44 years later, that's, a, that's amazing. Then 22 years later after that, you got people on the freaking moon. That's quite the leap forward. <laughs> the 20th century, hundreds of millions of people died at the hands of communism and fascism. And there was the most astonishing progress in the history of mankind. Yeah, what are we going to do I, this I suppose century? It, it has to, it's, it's much like, uh, well, speed itself. Uh, ability to go faster itself is going to lead to more uh, crack-ups. Yeah, we're going to end this century with rocks and sticks. What's going to happen? Huh? That's what they say. Huh? I don't know how World War Three will be fought, but World War Four will be fought with rocks and sticks. There you go. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Which Joe will Getty. take a while. <laughs> be a slow war. If you um, think World War Four is going to be fought with rocks and sticks, you have some idea of how World War Three is going to be fought. Yeah, don't you quibble. It's a clever saying. It's not. It's not a congressional inquiry, Sean. It's just a saying. Wednesday, October fourteenth is today, the year twenty twenty. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark, uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. No, we'll leave us. it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to uh, you. So, wow. <laughs> it is time to put Aunt Nancy in a home. I realize nobody wants to hear this. She's such a great gal. We all love her, but she's not safe. I <laughs> I uh, only read the transcripts. I look forward to actually hearing Nancy Pelosi v. Uh, the woolly-headed one uh, on CNN yesterday. My arch nemesis, Wolf Blitzer, stood up for truth, justice, and and, and decency, I could not be more shocked or impressed, honestly. N- Nancy, it's a shame. You know, you can seek out the video. We'll have it at armstrongandgetty.com so you can find it easily. She is vibrating with anger and frustration. Well, you're not supposed to get challenged on your own cable news channels. Right. That's not supposed to happen right. in the modern world. It makes people Additional angry. Additional point, you shouldn't have your own cable news channels <laughs> you would as think. politicians. Anyway, all that's on the way. You got mailbag. How's that network? Oh, Just fantastic. Please, oh, my God. All, all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
where you are, by the way. Um, uh, a lot of states are in much better shape coronavirus-wise than they were, you know, months ago. And then there are six states that have the highest number of cases they've ever had in the last week, although they weren't testing at all in a lot of states early on in this thing. So that's a li- bit misleading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi versus Wolf Blitzer. We're going to get to that in about, uh, what, about eight minutes or something. A battle of the lightweights. Mailbag. She's a heavyweight, no matter what you think of her. I mean, my gosh, she's third in line to the presidency. Freedom-loving quote of the day from Georgia Orwell, continuing our series. There are so many of them, it's difficult to choose a fave. One of my favorites is quite long. Maybe we'll get to that on Friday to celebrate uh, Friday. Uh, How about this one? Political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable, and to give an appearance of solidarity. Solidity to pure wind. Pretty good. Orwell. He's got a quote on socialism that I'm trying to find in the Road to Wigan Pier. It's the reason I'm reading the second <laughs> chapter, and I'm trying to get to it uh, this week since we're featuring Orwell. But it's really uh, quite a devastating blast. It's really a paragraph more than a quote. But hopefully I'll come up with that. You know, he also uh, he famously said that in a uh, time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act, roughly. Um, similar to that, uh, freedom, and this uh, is going out to our friend James Lindsay. Freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two makes four. If that is granted, all else follows. If you are permitted to speak the truth, everything will be okay. Uh, moving along, a video we have posted or are about to post at armstrongandgetty.com. I've sent it along to Hanson. He's busier than can be, but it'll be up later. It is, among other things, it's a, a comedian who's doing, a, it's political commentary more than comedy, but uh, one of the main topics is uh, Trump refusing to disavow uh, white supremacy, and it includes a dozen times where he has forcefully disavowed white supremacy and the Klan and David Duke and everything else over and over and over again, sometimes to the same reporter, like every other year over the course of five years. <clears throat> it's really quite something. Cory Booker tried to get uh, Amy Coney Barrett to disavow white supremacists yesterday during the Supreme Court nomination hearing. Cory Booker is an ass. Man, he came off as an ass to me yesterday. Oh. Oh, it is. Uh, I'll have to talk more about that later. Yeah. And she was in this weird position of, how do I, I mean, this has got nothing to do with why I'm here. How should I answer this? I mean, it was a very she, strange. She, she dealt with it gracefully, as gracefully as anybody could. This sent along by uh, uh, initial S. Uh, I don't quite get how this subject line matches the picture, but the picture is uh, Biden for president. Uh, it's a picture of a bunch of oldsters at an old folks home, and the P is scratched out. Biden for resident at an old folks home. I just, you know, that's a disrespect. <laughs> Moving along, some theorizing about the election. Won't that be story number one if Biden is elected? From from that point on, uh, every day, trying to keep an eye on whether or not you know the lights are still on. Yes, yes, that will be the number one story, and appropriately. If you guys want to pay attention to that, you can. I'll uh, mm. I'll trust that once uh, Kamala starts doing the press conferences, that it, oh, it looks like it already happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows how quickly that will happen? So Fran writes. Amazing how no one ever talks about how many law enforcement officers are going to vote for Trump, who normally always vote Democrat due to union pressure. I think that is true. I happen to be acquainted with a number of uh, law enforcement officers or retired law enforcement officers, and 
And a lot of them did vote Democrat because their union told them to. But given the incredible lack of support for cops, the violence against cops, the rest of it, the some of the, the awful policies, the overreaching policies against law enforcement officers, I think we may see a switch. On the other hand, John writes, <clears throat> well, I agree that enthusiasm is factored in most elections, particularly with re- regard to the youth vote. wonder if that'll be the case this year. It takes some effort to go vote in person. It takes virtually no effort to fill out a ballot at home and drop it in a mailbox. Um, that's true, although young people have no idea how the mail works. So that stands in their way. Oh, the the completely phony uh, Secretary of State of Cal Unicornia trying to harass Republicans. We ought to get on that story uh, at some point today. We got it this, is hypocrisy writ large. We got this text. The first sonic boom is a man by man is <clears throat> the crack of a whip. Huh. That's thank, a sonic boom when it cracks? Thank you for that. I guess so. It's entirely possible. Interesting. Yeah, I think that is true. Uh, Paolo writes... What if we run into a really existential threat? Not the stupid stuff people call existential threats every week. I mean like a WW2-sized shooting war with modern weapons or a disease as contagious as COVID and as deadly as the Black Plague. Something that makes COVID look like excess flatulence. How would we in our institutions deal with that? I don't know, but I can say this much. Survivalists are looking a little less wacky than they used to. Mm, There's no doubt about that. The idea of having some guns and some food and stuff like that doesn't seem crazy at all. In fact, it seems like if you don't, what are you what are you waiting for? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the um, confirmation hearing is going on for another day. Yesterday, they each got to talk for, I guess, 30 minutes. Today, they each get to talk for 20 minutes. A lightning round. (laughs) Nobody's even addressing the nominee anymore. They're speechifying. If anything exciting happens, we'll bring it to you. If not, we will pretend it's not existing. Apple had its big event yesterday. Any highlights from that? Because if you got iPhones and stuff, you... Probably want to know. I still say make them buy ads. Mm. They, uh, they have more money than any corporation on earth. I'm excited that they listened to me and are bringing back the tiny phone, which I've been demanding for years now. The tiny phone return. I want a phone big enough you could prop two of them together and sleep under them. <laughs> now, I think we've all seen seen in a movie, perhaps where the uh, the prisoner of war, the the loyal servant who's mistreated. The, the longtime victim struggles to their feet and says, I will not be silent anymore and makes a courageous stand. And sometimes they pay for it with their lives, but they just can't be humiliated any longer. I am seeing signs that there are journalists, particularly within cable news, who used to be journalists a long time ago. I remember when they were journalists. And they become lapdogs of, say, on CNN. Uh, Jeffrey Zucker has declared, we are going to be the resistance channel. That's our survival. You will swallow any quest for the truth. You will echo the talking points. And there have been a handful of cases lately where various folks are, are, are grilling Joe Biden, saying, look, don't people have the right to know what you think about changing fundamentally the Supreme Court. They're fighting back. It's amazing. Yeah, that Jake Tapper stuff we played the other day. A poll is not the Constitution. That was pretty good. Jake Tapper, good example. Also on the unwatchable CNN, the woolly-headed sheep of a man, Wolf Blitzer, 
Well, I've declared to be my arch nemesis, the man who ended celebrity jeopardy, which is designed for, well, particularly intelligent breeds of dogs to do well. <laughs> he, he ended up with negative cash. Oh, but Nancy Pelosi was on CNN yesterday and was so outrageously untruthful and, and apathetic about the needs of the American people, Little Wolf wouldn't even take it anymore. Let's start with clip 21, Sean. Yesterday I spoke to Andrew Yang, who says the same thing. It's not everything you yeah, want, but, you know but what? there's you, a lot okay. there. Honest to God, you really, uh, I can't get over it, because Andrew Yang, he's lovely. Rokana, he's lovely. They are not negotiating this situation. They have no idea of the particulars. They have no idea of what the language is here. I didn't come over here to have, so you're the apologist for the Obama, excuse me, God forbid. Madam Speaker, I'm I'm not an apologist. She was trying to say you're an apologist for the Republicans. They were talking about the fact that, and I'm sorry, I thought there was a little more to that clip, but there is no deal for more COVID aid. The Republicans have offered a huge percentage of what the Democrats were asking for. There are particulars of how it's going to be spent in that Nancy and company want to bail out irresponsible Democrat cities and states, and the Republicans are saying no way. But now, increasingly, the media is saying, well, look, you're getting most of a deal. People are struggling. They can't pay their bills. Why don't you take most of a deal? And Wolf is standing up for average Americans. Nancy, at that point, when she started to call him an apologist, began vibrating with anger. She was visibly angry at him. Let's roll on. I'm asking you serious questions because so many people are in desperate need right now. Let me ask you this. When was the last time? Let me me respond to you. Let me ask you, when was the last time, Madam Speaker, when was the last time you spoke with the president about this? I don't speak to the president. Speak why to not? His, why his not representative. Call him? Why not call him and say, Mr. President, let's work out a deal. It's not going to be everything you want, not going to be everything I want, but there are so many Americans right now who are in desperate need. Let's make a deal. What makes me amused, if it weren't so sad, is how you all think that you know more about the suffering of the American people than those of us who are elected by them to represent them at that table. Uh, it is unfortunate that we do not have shared values with this White House. That is a study in contempt and hubris. Well, so last clip, what she almost said is, I didn't come over here to be challenged on my talking points. She almost said that, but she didn't say it out loud. Right. I didn't show up to CNN to have you question my talking points. You're supposed to take the press release and help me amplify it. You're not supposed to dig into the background on this. That is hilarious. And Wolf Blitzer, who evidently accidentally tuned into special report with Brett Barron, was reminded, oh, journalism. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. He rolled on. $1.8 trillion is a lot of money. The American people need that money ASAP because they're suffering right now. And I, I'm, I'm not saying it's perfect. But I'm and saying, you don't care how it's spent. Well, and you don't I, care, I care how of it's course, spent. how it's spent. But I, I, what I well, don't, don't understand even know is how it's why spent. not, why not talk to the president spent. personally, call him up and say, Mr. President, let's get a deal tomorrow. Look, let me say this. The president has sent Mr. Mnuchin to negotiate. That's what we've done with other presidents. This isn't unusual. All right, go ahead and hit 24 and we'll wrap it up. It's not about me. It's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent. And we represent them. And we represent them. Getting by these long food lines that we're seeing. I know you are. How 
off track is old Aunt Nancy when her lapdog channel is just giving her the, the just just slapping her back and forth, and she's angry about it. Ooh, that was a moment. Well, it's it's you know it's weird that that's what our uh, journalism has become. You show up to certain venues and expect that this is just an opportunity to uh, to pitch your side to take a little softball batting practice. Yeah. That's I can't believe that was Wolf Blitzer. You have any I'm idea? Stunned. You you follow this end of uh, the Twitter world? Do you have any idea what's going on there, Sean? Uh, what do you mean? What, Among what, liberals. Why CNN uh, wanted to challenge her on any of that? I, I well, I I think that sort of stuff happens more often than people on the right want to admit. This one was particularly contentious, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, I think the stimulus stuff has run out and. Uh, they're getting a lot more of people who are just kind of riding it out aren't able to do that now. And uh, where well, the pressure's I, coming from, I don't know. But If that happens more often, you know, I don't watch that much CNN or MSNBC. I do watch, I watch Bri- five times more than either one of you, and I, I respectfully disagree. I watch Brian Williams almost every night, and they never push back against anything, even the tiniest bit, ever. <laughs> I mean, it's like Sean Hannity on the left. There's just no pushback against somebody from their side. But, but By I the do... way, the reason I watch so much CNN is because I secretly hate myself and I'm punishing myself. Wow, that's Sean, interesting. Go on. But I do think there is a, it's an age divide on on the left where like the, the, the clip that we have, we'll maybe play it later where uh, Cuomo and uh, Don Lemon are going back and forth and, and Don Lemon is accusing Cuomo of essentially the same thing. Why are you doing the Republicans bidding? Mm. There's this notion that that reporting must come from a place of what you want to happen. That the the neutral reporter of uh, of events is not a thing that exists in a lot of younger and, reporters. And clear, yeah, and clearly makes no sense to the younger set, as we saw with the New York Times. The younger people that have taken over the newsroom and the you know the 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 world of the op eds and stuff like that. Why would you ever put anything out that doesn't help our side? Actually, is the the new view in the New York Times? So right, exactly. And if you dare depart from that, the young militants will hound you out of the newsroom. So I like you this, talk uh, to a... this paraphrase of Thomas Sowell. The problem with special treatment is when the is that when the treatment is only fair. After that, it feels like discrimination. It's mm, a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, so I if you talk... stumbled over it like an idiot. That's it. Another half hour watching CNN. You idiot. So have you talked to a therapist? <laughs> therapist about this the fact that you make yourself watch cnn as a punishment for your sins <laughs> oh no i'm i'm content i think it's justice i think it's it's fine i deserve the the utterly humiliating pants down spanking that is subjecting myself to cnn i've earned it that's interesting <laughs> kidding I, no, I, I, the, I take in all sides for a living. The reason, it will shorten my life because it makes me insane. The reason I find that interesting is I've been listening to this. Uh, I, I got on a, a Jordan Peterson wormhole over the weekend of these YouTube videos. And he's a clinical psychologist from Canada. Maybe you're into him. He's one of the biggest sensations in all of podcasting and YouTube videos. But mm-hmm. anyway, his stuff about things we do like subconsciously that because we have you know negative views of ourselves about various things mm-hmm. it's similar to that really yeah um it's really interesting yeah and I, it makes you stop and think i don't think i do that but there are there are all kinds of different things oh man i gotta go down that wormhole like like people with relationships sometimes do that like they they have a certain view of they don't deserve whatever so they get themselves into relationships where they're going to be miserable and treated bad because they kind of have a view that they deserve it 
but I, completely under the surface. You would never consciously say, I want to be in a bad relationship and deserve bad relationship. Until you have a moment of, of awareness, perhaps mm-hmm. through counseling or something. I actually had a very, very frank conversation with a, a person uh, who I'm very close to who said, I finally realized I'm so afraid of losing relationships, I undermine them because I can't stand the fear of losing. Them. That's another good example. Yeah. People do that. Um, right. You you could subconsciously be making yourself watch CNN because you think you're something. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. It just popped into my head. The the metaphor I used uh, in this discussion, I said, I can I can relate to that. It's like when you're sledding and you realize you're going so fast. If you wipe out, it will really hurt. So you wipe out. Yeah. To prevent that future wipeout when it'll really break your heart. I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. And if you're heading toward a pine tree, it's probably a pretty good idea. Uh, But in relationships, people do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that, but I've heard of that. No. Um, uh, Smoking gun email from Hunter Biden. This is breaking news. So I just seen the headline. Where's Hunter? I saw the Twitter line starting to burble about yes. Hunter Biden and yes. something, an October surprise. So yes. we'll dig into this, and we'll have it when we come back. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This morning, Apple unveiled their new iPhone, the iPhone 12. Last year, around this time, they released the iPhone 11. And it makes you wonder what these guys are planning next. What, the iPhone 13? You know? <laughs> That's a pretty funny oh, joke. Oh, oh, the old head fake. I like that. They're bringing back the tiny phone. I liked the small phone. Oh, a small man wants a small phone, in my opinion. I like the one-hand operation. No carrying it with two hands, doing everything with one hand. I love that. I can't wait to go back so, to the so 12 your mini. into getting a transplant of actual adult-sized male hands <laughs> has not come to fruition. I'm going with the 12 mini, which I'm very excited. It has the super fast chip and the cool camera and all the stuff, but then the tiny phone. I got one hand in my pocket and the other on my tiny iPhone. So That's I'm, Jack. Well, I, please. I, I was afraid that like nobody but me wanted that, but enough people must have wanted it that it, uh, Apple did research and they're bringing sure. back the tiny phone. Sure, something for everyone. Yeah, that's America. So choice, uh, the free market. Uh, I wonder if women will start buying those because you see all the time women. Because I'm always looking at their their asses. Um, oh, uh, they're, they're, they're more polite. Words. They got the tight jeans uh, with the tiny pockets and the big giant phone just right. barely hanging out of that thing. And I think yeah. you got a twelve hundred dollar computer just barely about to fall out onto the cement. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I don't know if you find yourself in an affectionate relationship as as I uh, blessedly have. Often you go for a little pet, you get a handful of iPhone. <laughs> totally unsatisfying. If I wanted to grope an iPhone, I'd grope my own. <laughs> yeah, the headline is these are these Apple phones are the first 5G compatible ones. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't mean a lot now. So just if I left, I've lived in North South Korea, that'd be awesome. Right. So but many I don't G's. live in South Korea. <laughs> no, you mean, don't. Doesn't mean a ton now. The infrastructure is not necessarily there, but people tend to have iPhones longer than other smartphones. So sure. if you get this one in three years or so when the infrastructure mm. catches up, you'll be grateful that you have it. Wake up and smell the kimchi, Jack. Um, I uh, got to get to this breaking news. Smoking gun email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman to VP dad. New York Post with the big Biden secret emails headline. 
Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company, according to emails obtained by the New York Post. The never-before-revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of appreciation that uh, some guy with Burisma allegedly sent to Hunter Biden in April 2015, about a year after Hunter joined the board at a salary of $50,000 a month. It is so obviously true. It's always been obviously true. The only reason Hunter Biden was on that board is they needed access to his dad. The only reason a bank closely tied to the Chinese Communist Party invested hundreds of millions of dollars in Little Hunter's hedge fund was because his papa was the feep. I mean, it's just so obvious. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father, who happens to be the vice president of the United States. Whose portfolio includes Ukraine policy. Specifically. Um, do I think this will move the needle on anybody's votes? No. 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 I think anybody who'd taken a serious look at this is already completely convinced of what I was talking about. It's just yeah. his his nexus to power was close enough that uh, an, a mind-boggling amount of money flowed his way. This blockbuster and, and Joe Biden's brother has gotten filthy rich yeah. too in similar fashion. But they all do. I mean, of course, th- that's that's one of the reasons it's not moving the needle. Is we all know that this is the way it works. All of these public servants who oftentimes spend their entire lives in public service, end up richer than anyone you know. Right. Right. Any of the smart people you know who started any business trying to do anything didn't get as rich as the person that got into public service for their whole lives. They just made their salary, but it's funny, their their wife has a consultancy worth uh, tens of millions of dollars. And their kids are rich and go to the, the best schools, because I guess they're just that smart. Right. And, uh, and their relatives and everybody gets rich. Um, like uh, Bill Maher said after this story broke, I remember he said, why, why can't these politicians' kids get real jobs like everybody else? Yeah, He understands. We all understand yeah. the way this whole thing works. Um, uh, the email, uh, the blockbuster correspondence, according to the New York Post, flies in the face of Joe Biden's claim that he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings. And it's contained in a massive trove of data recovered from a laptop computer. You will see this on Fox all day long. I think it's a legitimate story, but you will not see it on any of the other cable news channels. It will disappear. No, you'll you'll hear that uh, Trump should be prosecuted for the emolument clause because foreign dignitaries stay at his hotel in D.C. It is, uh, well, it's swampy is what it is. It is. It's very swampy. Any, um, oh, oh, we got to more Nancy Pelosi arguing with uh, the sheepy-headed Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, good news. There's more. The Supreme Court nomination hearing is going on right now. We're going to talk to Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, longtime uh, friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, about uh, what's an originalist. What's uh, what's uh, what's this hearing like? Is should we? What if what if we had more justices? I want. I'll be interested in to hear what he thinks of that. I have what I think is a is a gotcha question about being <laughs> an originalist, and I look forward to him wheel kicking me rhetorically off the, <laughs> off of the microphone. Yes. So, is there any key headline out of the Apple event that people who are Apple products users should know, other than the five G thing, which means nothing uh, to me? The five G thing is pretty big. Uh, there is no charging block in this one. Oh yeah. Um, and also no actual plug in charge. They have like this new magnet back thing, which I, I saw. Think that to a lot of new accessories and cancer um <laughs> possibly possibly Man. all kinds of brain cancer no yeah have you seen the magnet thing it's out on there i so, have not sir so you got the little magnet thing you put on there to charge it up and then you got this little wallet magnet thing that goes on there for your credit cards and stuff like that mm. and your it's cases a, are going to be magnetically attached yeah, your to it. case yeah, will yeah. go on there magnetically so everything's magnetic mm. seems like a cool idea if it works 
Sounds like it will render me sterile. Yeah. And, you know, Apple has the best lawyers in the entire world, so I don't know that it's going to cause any sorts of problems. I, yeah. I hope that they've uh, tested this out. I, I haven't seen that because I haven't seen any paid advertising for the product yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. Hanson just got the newest, biggest iPad. Oh, yes. It's, it's bigger it's than a the, mattress. It's bigger than the television I had in college. Oh, yeah. yeah, look at it. Oh, look at the size that of it. That is enormous. an iPad right there. Oh, that thing is awesome. Man, look I'm at the so screen of it. I'm jealous of iPad envy. Uh, yeah. A uh, little uh, bonus mailbag here. Uh, let's see. Is it, oh, you know, the other example of common sense I wanted to talk about, that, that there seems to be a resurgence of perspective, and people have been pushed too far, and they've humiliated themselves so much towing their party line, they're finally lashing back. Andrew Cuomo, of all people, did an interview the other day talking about his own state's response and government response in general to the COVID. This is not a highly nuanced, sophisticated response. This is a fear-driven response. You know, this is not a policy being written by a scalpel. This is a policy being cut by a hatchet. And he goes on to say, look, we're trying to sharpen it and make it better, but it's been awfully rough so far. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let's all admit we didn't know what we were doing. We made some mistakes. We need to open the schools, for instance. We need to uh, reset the way we're reacting to this. And maybe I have to admit I made a mistake. I'm looking at you, Governor You-Know-Who. Armstrong and Getty.